Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I am Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsack. And we are here for another episode of The Mandalorian Report. Oh, yeah. Oh, was I supposed to do it? I was just waiting to see if you would since last week. I thought you would, and then I interrupted you rudely while you were doing it. That was perfect. We have to work it out where I helmet lightly underneath you. Yeah. 
We should try sometime getting helmets in recording, maybe our final Mandalorian Report episode, all with that slight helmet ring. <laughs> slight helmet echo. Slight helmet echo, which you may or may not be hearing. Go behind the scenes of Force Center. We had an adventure. We're located in a basement amenity room in my apartment building. So if the acoustics are a little bit different, please know we are surrounded by leopard print carpet. A pool table in an ambiguous red leather sofa. <laughs> it's really low to the ground. And a, an electric dartboard. So we might just start playing. Yeah. 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 We might just start playing. But yeah. hey. This is our vault, right? Where we can record anything it. we want. This is, uh, we. I feel we are walked into a Star Wars bar. We are literally sitting at a bar, actually, <laughs> while we record. Force Center has come home. <laughs> Absolutely classic. Back in one of your old places, you had a bar That's we used right. to record at in That's the early days. Right. So this is really just going back to the beginning, <laughs> to the roots. Uh, but let's dive into this episode because we always have a lot to talk about, a lot to say. Let's just start, as we often do, with the title itself. Yeah. The Prisoner. Mm. Now, I've been enjoying these titles because sometimes they're straightforward. Yeah. And sometimes they're up for interpretation. And this is one that I think is probably straightforward. But I had fun interpreting yeah. on multiple levels. I think you are in the same boat on, on all the titles, but particularly this one. Pretty straightforward. They're going to get the prisoner. <laughs> ah, but for me, can may I start or you want to start? I don't no, know. Go for it. You, you go first. You talk first. Uh, you, you is talk this how this works? Yeah. Um, I am really on board because it made me appreciate the episode better once I thought about this. I really think Amanda was the prisoner, and he's breaking free. He's breaking free of his past. Oh, I love when Star Wars has themes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really took it that way, too. We'll talk yeah. about it a little bit, kind of do a deep dive into it when we get to themes. But I felt like... Some of the other chapters have had kind of multiple things going on, sure. and I felt the main thing going on on this is, is Mando imprisoned by his code, yeah. his armor, mm-hmm. his past, or not? And I feel like that last beat did feel like breaking free. Breaking free. I mean, how many times do we hear, like the old days? <laughs> like the old days. <laughs> like the old days. At least four times. Yeah. In the old days, they must have said, like in the old days, yeah, a lot. A if lot. that's like... The old days. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so let's just go to big picture overall reaction. This was the second episode directed by, oh, I wrote it out phonetically, so I'm going to try Rick <laughs> Famayiwa. Yeah. Rick Famayiwa. Rick yeah. Famayiwa. I need to memorize how to say the man's name correctly out of respect. Out of and respect. because, <laughs> damn, I love his directing. Yeah. He also directed The Child. Yes. And uh, I think th- those these two episodes are, are up there for me. Uh, the Child's still my favorite. Not that I, I need to rank these episodes yet, but uh, or ever. But yeah, uh, yeah. Rick Famayiwa. 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 Fama you, Fama you, yeah, but uh, yeah, right. Out of respect for him as a, as, a, as a man, director, and talent, but also the uh, his X-wing fine skills. <laughs> we now, but that's Which we at will the end. Definitely talk about. <laughs> uh, but what was your overall reaction? Did you? Where did you? Where did it sit among other Mandalorian chapters? Uh, it uh, it really did work for me on a second viewing. And that seems to be where <laughs> I'm going with Mandalorian a lot. Yeah. I have to be honest. Like the first three episodes. Even the second episode, which I, you know, saw in an airport while stranded, the second viewing made me appreciate it more. But I wrote that off as well. I was trying to sleep on a backpack and I was watching on the phone. <laughs> um, this one, I, I went, I, 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 the episode ended and I was like, man, I just don't know what to feel about this show. I'm not, it's not grabbing me anymore. And then I watched it a second time and, and had a good discussion with it, with, uh, with Emma Fife on, on the Collider show. And I was like, no, no, this actually, is is a little bit of a return to form in terms of the storytelling 
of Mando versus himself in a way, Mando versus his emotions and things yeah. he has. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I like it. I, uh, you and I were talking. I don't know how to, it shouldn't factor into a discussion or review. I don't, the look of the show has sometimes been a big struggle for me. Yeah, I, I think it absolutely can factor yeah. in because I think you and I on Force Center try to give an overview, but also yeah. ultimately we're Star Wars fans and we all have our yeah. own personal reactions. And you've always reacted. I remember going back to Force Awakens and you were worried yes. about the shot of Kylo bringing his saber to Rey. In the actual film, it turned out that she was still kind of frozen, which is why yeah. she had that dancing around. But I remember back in the day, you're like, hey, mm. it looks like Looney Tunes. Is this going to be okay? <laughs> you are you are sensitive to the CGI. I am. I also remember I was really uh, not sure of Chewie's fingers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but those are practical. Practical. Those are straight up real Wookiee fingers. Yes, it is, and it's weird each one because a puppet. Yeah, each, yeah. Uh, you know, pr- obviously the prequels have their have their issues. That's and, and, and in them, yes. And <laughs> sometimes I I go back and, and go, models. Too. Yeah, I go. Yeah, 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 yeah. More than we know, of course. But sometimes I go back and go. Oh man, I can see Mace's feet not really hitting the dirt. I don't know why it pulls me out, and I think going into Mandalorian and the idea of live action TV, Star Wars TV, I was like, you know, I made the Babylon Five joke, which isn't to say the quality of that show's writing was bad, or they're just like a UPN CW Saturday night syndicated show that doesn't and and. The budget for Mandalorian is big, but we also actually heard it's pretty small. And Favreau didn't get what he asked for. And, uh, you know, I'm not making the comparison to an HBO show right? with their big budget. I sometimes have felt in this particular episode, I felt like I am, I am watching um, a show with not a lot of money to make it look like a film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think there's that. End rant. <laughs> well, I think there's that breakdown, too, between how much we want to disappear into the reality mm-hmm. of the show and how much we are so aware of technology. Yeah. And there's been so much discussion of uh, the this new CGI room, yeah. uh, the vault, right? Is that the, what uh, the volume? Which the is, volume. We're in the vault we're now. We're in the volume now. Uh, so you're kind of aware of that, yeah. which might take one out. I think for me, growing up with Star Wars being like, oh, wow, but then also growing up watching original Star Trek and Doctor Who in particular, right. I have a much larger patience for mm. as long as the actors yeah. are reacting realistically in, in keeping emotional engagement, if the characters yeah. feel engaged by the environment, I don't care if it's clearly Teflon that they could that they will trip and accidentally knock over right. if they're looking at it like it is the scariest monster ever. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. Uh, so I think yeah. that everybody does just have different levels of uh, uh, coping <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> with looking at the, how is this realized? Yeah. And I, I wish I had a little more patience. Part of it, I, I did discuss this in the show. I, I do think it's an interesting discussion nowadays because going back to Game of Thrones in the long night or solo and the lighting issues, uh, we have two TVs in our house. One is a top notch Grace's parents gave her this TV, and then I have mine, which is a nice big TV. It's very nice, but uh, I watched the first viewing on her TV, and it's – I don't even know if it's 4K. I don't know what it is. I'm not a techie guy. But it's – it was so clear I could see Natalia Tena's makeup lines on her Leku. Yeah. And that – and then the second time I was watching it on my TV, and I was like, oh, I can't see that stuff. And it's similar to either you hated the long night because it was all pitch black and you didn't see it, or my TV settings happened to be just perfect for that Game of Thrones episode and was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. 
it does oddly enough factor in when you watch things nowadays because of where technology is, including watching it on your phone yeah. in an airport. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes it might look better on your phone. Might look better or not how Star Wars is designed to be viewed. So that's only why I bring it up. I don't sit, I'm not harping on it. And and true, once I watched it the second time, all the story beats and the themes and everything were there for me. Yeah, okay. Okay. Interesting. I feel bad about being negative sometimes. We shouldn't. We we're should, pretty positive. We shouldn't. We shouldn't. I think we were, we were trying to coin the phrase last time, uh, positively negative. Yes. yes. <laughs> but I think it's just fine for you to be honest with that as a part of your reaction and your yeah. experience yeah. Uh, to the show. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I, the CGI I don't wrestle with, like I said, unless the characters don't sure. feel like they're engaged in the reality anymore. Yeah. What I do feel distracted by is this ongoing question of, what is this show? Mm. And it's only something that will, I think, really matter on the first viewing. Yeah. Because we have these two chapters left, and I really think these two chapters left are going to come back to the story that we started with. Yeah. But I'm just so fascinated by this process of it was kind of advertised to us is this these are just going to be the cool adventures of a, a lone gunfighter making his way in the galaxy. And then we get the first couple episodes, and we're like, no, it's not. Right. It's really deeply about who he is in his surprise relationship with this fascinating new Star Wars character of Baby Yoda. Yeah. And then about halfway through, they're like, actually, we're going to go back to it is just standalone episodes. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to say just standalone episodes because I think right. every episode is continuing to tell us more about Certainly. who he is. But it has this fascinating tension between mm-hmm. let's go back to just serialized adventure. And an adventure can be joyful for the sake of having an adventure yeah. versus where is the story going? And yep. it's just fascinating to kind of be in this big group cultural tension <laughs> and have every episode sort of be like, we, uh, we, uh, we all want to like it, but what are you? It's so funny that like for the first couple episodes, it was this uh, online debate of, is it a samurai show or a Western show <laughs> or a video game show? And then now this past week or two, it's been this debate of, oh, you don't appreciate episodic. I don't want it. It's, which is silly. It's all silly. But yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, you're right. There is, it is. And then sometimes it gets really funny in a real world way, which works sometimes, doesn't work sometimes. And other times it's deep sparse dialogue and so I really enjoyed what they presented in the first three so I found myself going oh, I hope they get back but also I want the plot strings resolved and I think we're gonna get that so that's gonna be more dialogue so it's you're 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 very right yeah it's a weird tension I think it's gonna be end up being this weird sandwich that has mm. kind of this overarching uh, baby Yoda story at the beginning and the end right and then some adventures in between that let us bond a little bit more with the characters and learn more about Mando yeah but sort of looking at it as that mm. I felt like we got some really fresh and juicy new stuff about the Mandalorian mm. uh, and uh, and the state of the galaxy yeah and I think I would put this actually is my second favorite after the okay. child so far I like that uh, I think because of the someone we got to see the Mando do mm. and more than anything uh all the stuff with the new Republic just blew me away. Yeah, a lot going on there. Yeah, so let's uh, let's get into our uh, favorite things, mm-hmm. or and we can always uh, check in on any dislikes as well. Uh, so for you, do you have like a favorite big thing once you got to watch it that second time where you didn't see the Leku makeup lines? <laughs> I I love a lot of the action sequences, and 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 similar to the child, which had you know some great stuff with the the sand crawler that. 
you know, uh, I'll, I'll give credit. Emma Fife was really excited that this had become kind of a horror, and the, <laughs> and the monster was the Mandalorian. And that sequence, uh, I believe it's when he's going after Mayfeld. Uh, that's in the you know uh, strobe sequence. Amazing. Uh, that that I'll put that up there as one of my favorite sequences in in uh, recent Star Wars. Yeah, and really liked that and liked him showing. I keep saying he he's playing this game on on story mode. He's going easy, and he's just cutting through everyone like butter but i'm okay with that i'm okay with that it's fun to watch and i like that this time yeah around. yeah i think uh, jumping off of that one of my two favorite things about this episode was the um the portrait of how the mandalorian functions mm-hmm. i love action scenes when they are about a hero who is not just talented and a mm. kick-ass fighter but is smart yeah. In this whole episode is about the Mandalorian using his environment mm. and his circumstances to get one up. And that's what makes him seem unstoppable. Yeah. Because we're introduced to this crew of, of scummy people. Yeah. And we're introduced to how they're badasses. This one has a blaster on his back. Mm. This one's the big muscle. This one throws knives from <laughs> everywhere <laughs> on her body. Yeah. It appears. Uh, so they're all like, ooh. And they've got that real almost kind of macho like. Yeah who's a bigger badass. Mm-hmm. And Mando has that like, I am a large badass, but mm-hmm. also I'm going to stop and look around me. Yeah. Unlike any of you idiots. Yeah. <laughs> and that just makes me like the character and it just makes the yeah. action more exciting. It rem- when you see him like physically totally outmatched by the Deveronian. Yeah. And then you, but you're still going like, well, but he's going to find a way cause he's, he's going to have like James Bond moments. I, you, I was just going to say, he really reminds me specifically of like Daniel Craig Bond. Yeah. Of, uh, and definitely the, the character of James Bond has those same traits, but just like using everything. And it, like you just said, and, and winning with uh, parkour and winning with, with a fast car and winning with this, <laughs> winning in poker, closing like, doors, closing doors, yeah. opportune times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's a great, uh, it's a great comparison. Yeah. The way he manipulates mm-hmm. the lights, he manipulates yeah. just the, actual situation of the tracking beacon uh for the the mm-hmm. new republic all mm-hmm. those things and just is really one step ahead of everyone yeah is so awesome yeah like uh, and it makes the the action scenes really exciting mm-hmm. um i i also just really is a part of that loved his that the scene where they assume that he is being a chicken when he's not behind them anymore yes. but he's just like i'm gonna go around and take the droids from the yeah. back because that's yeah. also smarter <laughs> and it's uh, that might be my favorite fight scene like the oh yeah that's when he slides down and yeah 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 oh, just yeah. taking apart those the partially just say like look i am i do live up to the legend of the mandalorians right and i really hate droids it's a big part of my yeah. brand yeah <laughs> everybody knows it and i'm gonna show you again uh my other big thing is just hugely positive reaction to the portrait of the new Republic. Mm. Because mm. when the show was announced, there was the like, yep, new Republic's not quite, you know, up on its feet. And a lot of people are still suffering because there's chaos and confusion. Yeah. And there's that part of me that's like, I like that realistic story. Sure. And there's other part of me of like, but Leia and Mon Mothma, they're my heroes yeah. and they're working hard and I'm sure they're doing a good job. <laughs> so to see this portrait of mm. the new Republic as something that is bright, positive mm. and powerful. Yeah. Like that. They're so afraid of the new Republic and yeah. to see the new Republic's like, look at, we've got a nice, clean, literally bright white ship <laughs> armed with these cool robots that we've yeah. made to humanely take care of prisoners. 
just that you can see that they're functioning, that yeah. they're a presence. And then the fact that all of these, uh, the, the people on the crew mm-hmm. are terrified right. of the X-Wings are going to come for us. Right. There's something about that that's just sort of like super validating to being an old school fan of Star Wars where you want the rebels to have won mm-hmm. and be the force in the galaxy. It's a great point because we're five years out, right? So even though things aren't perfect, there's got to be some kind of cohesion. And I like the threat. I like just the, the mere threat of them coming after. It doesn't just ruin their bank heist. It's just, it, it's, it's, it carries a weight to it. So, and they're pretty ferocious by the way, when they do show up, <laughs> yes, they do. They don't waste no time. So, yeah, I think uh, I think that's a, a great thought to have about what we what we saw. We saw more functioning, and then that way, the people on the outskirts, the outer rim, who are still maybe feeling a little effects, can try to use it in a, in a very bad manipulation. Moff Gideon, I'm sure, might be using it. Warner Herzog's uh, the uh, the client uses it of just like you know. There's some truth, but they're going to really lie to manipulate. Oh, things aren't that great. Well, eh, maybe, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. a little better. Maybe, maybe they are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I like that there is a sense of legitimacy to them, even from the mm-hmm. Mandalorian, because when he figures out what's going on, it's like, the, that's a new Republic yeah, uh, prison ship. Like, he didn't run across a rival gang. He was yeah. arrested. Right. And from the Mandalorian, with his sense of honor, using the term arrested, yeah. like, it just had a sense of legitimacy. Mm-hmm. Like he broke the law and he was arrested. His yeah. fate is what's the problem? <laughs> yeah. No, no injustice has happened for? to him, <laughs> you know, gives a sense, especially from the Mandalorian. He's been like, well, they're a joke. Yeah. But then like, Oh no, they, they arrested him. Yeah. I want no part of this. Yeah. He went to prison cause he yeah. did a bad it thing. Did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now you want to break him out of mm-hmm. that. Um, any other big things that that spoke to you, or small little details? I mean, uh, we got uh, the, the 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 amount of Baby Yoda I need in my life. Where Episode Five sometimes uh, was a little light on Baby Yoda. The him looking over the shoulder, Baby Yoda, kind of watching Zero come after him, was one of my favorite lengths. And then everyone's talking about that the hand gesture and thinking that he did it. Wonderful, right? Wonderful. And in a show where sometimes I'm I'm looking at. Uh, that ship looks like it was made on a computer too much for my taste and all these kind of weird things. This little practical puppet, which occasionally gets picked up like a Cabbage Patch doll, but <laughs> this puppet like has more emotion than I've seen in, in most performers, not just on this show, but in a lot of shows. Like, yeah, I'm so in on it. And so I loved those moments. Yeah. I think there's like such great tension set up in this episode as well, mm-hmm. whereas some of the other episodes have been very linear. And this one was like, things are obviously going to go yeah. bad, but is it that the Mandalorian is going to have his helmet pulled off? And right. that's we, when that's been successfully built up to be like, that's a huge violation. Or are they going to double cross him? Yeah. Or is something awful going to happen to baby Yoda? It's so well set up that you're worried about lots of different things, which only builds up the great yeah. baby Yoda, uh, zero, Chase yes, sequence. Chase. The the peeking around the, the cabinet there is oh Love it. beautiful. Love it. And the looking at his hand was uh, I think another great payoff for something where it's easy to go, oh, this is an episode of the week. I'm like, okay, right. but it's all a part of a thing that is building on previous things. Yeah. And if we hadn't seen that amazing scene in chapter two right. where right. he does use the force. Mm-hmm. And have those great expectations for like, what is he going to do? Is he going to shove him? Is he going to just rip his head off? Yeah, what is yeah. Baby Yoda going to do to this droid? Can he, does he even understand it enough? 
Yeah. All that, all of those expectations makes Baby Yoda looking at his own hand mm-hmm. even funnier. I'm invest, so invested in that character. I keep saying, like, episode four, I didn't think he'd be shot um, at the end of that episode. But when I'm looking through that scope, I'm like, he might. Yeah. And everyone gasped when he fell uh, and Toro dropped him, you know, collectively. Oh, and no. In this episode, too, I'm like... Zero's, zero can't get him. Like, in yeah. my head, I know they're not going to have this droid kill him in episode six, <laughs> but I'm completely invested yeah. in that story and yeah. in that character. Because I think we are taking on the perspective of the Mandalorian. We are yep. sort of bonding with him. The audience is becoming like him, and we want to make sure. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel when Mayfeld dropped Baby Yoda? Same. Like, uh, and that actually was one of the best ones, because, like, the one in episode five, it's good. It, 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 you, I reacted to it. Grace reacted to it. But like, it looked a little clunky. This one, almost like I wanted to rewatch. Almost like a little CGI was put. I know it's weird. Like the, the puppet does a little push up to get up, and, uh, <laughs> and you, you feel. And so, yeah, that was really effective. Yeah, really yeah. effective. You take care of that baby. Yes. How, how yes. delicate is Baby Yoda? We mm-hmm. need to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, another uh, favorite thing for me, and uh, we can talk about this a little bit more uh, when we're talking about the big themes, and that mm-hmm. is that. The Mando laugh, that was mm. new and amazing. Yeah. When he's being asked about his code and his honor, and he gives that little laugh. How did that hit you? Uh, I like seeing Mando being more of a fully functional character, and I thought really uh, his alone time with Baby Yoda, what was that, episode three? Yeah. yeah where, where he's having a little bit more conversation with him. And even still now, the, the this episode ending with him saying, you know, I told you that was a bad idea. Like, it it is... Is it's needed for this character if he's just a silent? I love him. His silent speaks few words, whatever, with everyone else. But the fact that underneath the helmet, literally, is a functional humanoid character in this galaxy. Yeah, with lots of opinions, humor, and experiences, and relationships. Yeah, attractions, lusts, whatever for Natalia Tano, whatever that <laughs> you know, for whatever that re- reveal meant. I mean, all of that. Uh, I do like that. So it's good to hear him laugh. Yeah, yeah. I saw a great clickbait article mm-hmm. that uh, I didn't want to share on, on social media for spoilers, but the the headline was: Did the Mandalorian reveal the Mando had sex? <laughs> just, just such an awkwardly phrased headline. <laughs> Delighted me. Oh, uh, boy, this might be. In likes this might be in dislikes yeah. how did you feel about the guest stars so the the guest stars have become a big part of mandalorian right some of them very recognizable mm-hmm. uh and this week we had a bunch of guest stars yeah some venerable actors uh some like bill burr a comedian mm-hmm. um who mm-hmm. you don't see on screen as an actor as often right uh and then the the x-wing cameos yeah yeah so were these likes or dislikes for you or somewhere in between? Somewhere in between. You can't help but see Bill Burr every time. And I'll say this. He he showed up to play. You know, I didn't felt I, I felt he took it seriously, even though he's not a huge Star Wars fan. He's talked about that. And Favreau was like, ah, just come on. We'll it'll be fun. <laughs> Uh, what's his name? Richard Ayuada, uh, zero, right? I, uh, the voice, uh, zero, uh, right. IT crowd. Like right. I didn't pick that one up a little bit to let And then Clancy Brown right away. Yeah. Great. Uh, great. Star Wars, uh, connection there. So, and, and Matt, the Matt Lanter one too is fun, but the Matt yeah. Lanter one, like uh, you didn't really need initially pick up on it. Yeah. That was great. Cause you didn't know it was didn't an actor know. playing an entirely different role. So I don't know how to, where to come down on this because I enjoy them. I thought Brian Poissain was actually one of the better ones. Uh, if you're not super familiar with him, you're not going to pick up on him, but he just played it. He's sm- subtle, small moment. Whereas like the Horatio Sands one, I'm a huge fan of Horatio Sands. It's part of my favorite era of SNL. And he stood up and I initially was like, wait a minute, who is that? Who is that? I couldn't figure it out. Right. And I thought 
eventually like it's now not one of my favorite parts no disrespect to him i'm glad he's in star wars but like it, it was played too re- i don't know so sometimes it doesn't work for me yeah yeah and i wish we just had a good character actors you know? yeah but i don't know but i understand the appeal if joseph scripture is making a star wars <laughs> tv show i'm gonna be like hey man yeah you need a bartender i un- <laughs> and yeah i understand that this whole episode made me think about the nature of character actors mm-hmm. and cameos and all of that yeah like uh i think bill burr worked for me ultimately because uh, i don't know his oeuvre entirely yeah, well yeah. i haven't memorized in general that his style of being very confrontational in right. comedy and the way he's made fun of star Wars in the past, like yeah. saying, why are you lining up? You weirdos. Like yeah. I get that. It's funny. And, and we try to have a sense of humor about right. that. Love that. Conan O'Brien. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Triumph Still. the comic insult dog about, yeah. uh, but there's something about that, that very confrontational style of like, are you losers having joy? Right. How right. Stupid. <laughs> that is not yeah. personally yeah. my favorite style of comedy. Yeah. Cause I'm a weirdo trying to find joy. Find a uh, but I think he did a great job by playing Bill Burr in space because <laughs> right. he had that same, just confrontational. Everyone around me is kind of an idiot. Yeah. And I'm calling it out and I'm poking at you and teasing you and trying to, you know, yeah. uh, get you wound up. Right. Uh, so I, I feel like uh, he kind of ended up working for me. Yeah. Um, the cameos, the X-Wing cameos, mm-hmm. I, I wrestled with and I talked to my wife about the Dave Kay. Filoni cameo. Yeah. Because there's, on one hand, there's the, hey, Dave Filoni has contributed so much to Star Wars. Put right. yourself in any part of it right, right. that you want. But it made me think about the nature of cameos. Mm-hmm. Because so many people watching this, even big Star Wars fans don't know what Dave Filoni looks like. Right. But for me, it was my favorite part of the episode, mm. the whole New Republic thing. Yeah. And seeing X-Wings come in. I was so in that moment. And then it's Dave Filoni. Right. Rocked me out of that moment. And I know for total viewership, I'm probably in the minority. But it just made me think about the nature of cameos. Like having them a little bit. If it's somebody super recognizable, having them a little bit on the side mm-hmm. and not having them in a moment where you're thinking about something else. So your brain gets derailed yeah. by their presence. Yeah. I, and no, I, cause I had the, I was like, like with Grace, who doesn't know who Dave Filoni is I was like, Oh, that's one of the directors. And then it's like, Oh, I, that's the other director. Oh, that's the other director. And then I was like, well, where's a Y wing for Bryce Dallas Howard? <laughs> um, so why it's totally fun, and I know you think it's fun too. I, 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 I he's also not a good. I mean, he's not a good actor. Uh, he's not trying to be. So that moment is downplayed. You're like X wings. Oh, uh, they're launching a ship now. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I okay. didn't even respond to that. Or even I, have I, any, like, but I, I go that way. But I, yeah. I feel like there is a tradition of, of yeah. varying qualities of cockpit acting throughout. He's no Tally Lynch. He's yeah, no, no Tally Lynch. Tally Lynch is yeah, yeah. She is the star to beat. Yeah, but on but. Cockpit. It, acting this show is it's it's a it's a cavalcade of stars like it's a 70s <laughs> uh, uh celebrity showdown sports event or something um and I'm, I'm definitely okay with it overall because again jokes aside but you know if a friend of mine was making a star wars movie and didn't at least invite me to set to wear a stormtrooper <laughs> costume uh, i'd be kind of mad um but it's a question of but it where. becomes a lot yeah it becomes right? a lot uh because like Sarah and I were rewatching this weekend most of the Star Wars Skywalker saga, mm-hmm. and 
paused in Return of the Jedi where Ben Burt has his great cameo. Right. And I was like, hey, remember when we were talking about Dave Filoni? Yeah. What if that was George Lucas in that moment? Right. Would you be distracted? And she's like, yes. Yes. <laughs> I would. Yeah. Yeah. So a minor quibble, uh, but it, for me, it's it's more thinking about the nature of cameos yeah. and like, absolutely, you, you make something, you put yourself in it, you put your friends in it, right. have fun, get in there and play. But I think it's just a personal taste of finding a way to be like, oh, that's this is a fun noticed moment to notice someone. Yeah. It's just a lot. It is a lot. I mean, this, the, every week is a is a collection of them. Yeah, and again, like Mark Boone Jr. as Ran is a is a, not a cameo; it's a casting. He's just playing the same Sons of Anarchy guy. He's playing in every episode, but he's good, you know. Yeah. And I bought, I bought and Clancy into Brown it. is like, yeah, of Clancy course. Brown's Clancy Brown yeah. is a great character actor. Yeah, great at playing a bruiser. You yes. know, so that all that all makes perfect sense. Uh, all right, well, mm-hmm. congrats to X Wing pilot uh, Dave Filoni for fulfilling that that Tra- lifelong dream. That is awesome. <laughs> he has contributed a lot to Star Wars. Trapper Wolf was his character's name. So. <laughs> of course, it was. Of course, yes. it was. Yes, I did see that. Uh, yeah. But the other directors because I don't know their faces by right, heart, yeah, yeah. didn't take me didn't out of t- it, yeah. you know? Anyway. All right, let's uh, move on to some of the canon effects, revelations, and really just references, because there was a ton uh, in this episode. How did you feel about the Gungan joke about, uh, there's a great helmet yeah. tension about teasing him about keeping the helmet on at all times. Yeah. And saying, are you Gungan under there and doing the Jar Jar impression? It, 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 I think it worked for me. It didn't hit like, ha I just went, oh, okay, you're getting it in, and it's perfect that it's Bill Burr, because it's probably <laughs> something he said in his <laughs> podcast. Anyways, um, I enjoyed the Canto Bite reference more, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, is just because it, it was fresher? Felt uh, more- no, not even, just uh, more organic, where this one was like, I guess, it, for me, I would have stopped at, what are you, what are you a Gungan under there? And end line, not go into a a Jar Jar impersonation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like uh, bringing Gungans into yes. the force. I want to see one in Rise of Skywalker. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I want. Please. I don't want to erase the Gungans. Yeah, Wicked but, and his, uh, yeah. his warrior friend, Ancient Jar Jar. That would be fine by me. Yeah. Um, a one that I uh, appreciated. Or in kind of assumed what it was. I love the whole fight with the big uh, bruiser Deveronian, yeah. uh, played by Clancy Brown. Um, forgetting his name, Berg, Berg I think. Berg, Berg. Berg. Um, Berg. I love that he was just set, mm. taking it to Mandalorian. But the fire not working on him, yes. I thought, was a great connection to for pe- for years people calling you know the Deveronian. Mm. Labria in A New Hope, the devil guy. The devil guy. So like, of course fire doesn't work on the devil guy. It was like, that was one of those fun little details. If you wanted to pick up or infer, you could, but otherwise, just cool. Yeah. Uh, How did you feel about the Stormtrooper aim mocking? I'm okay with that. I actually liked it. I'll tell you, I liked it because it has come up a lot in some of the new canon materials. Brendel Hux is training the First Order Stormtroopers to be better shots. Like, it's been addressed, and it can be addressed in a fun way. And the fact that it's real world in a way that this has gone on. uh, I, I do. I, I liked it. I liked it. again because it because it was it it was organic. It was winky but not naughty. <laughs> <laughs> winky but not naughty. Yeah, not, yeah. Winky and naughty. N o d d. Yeah. So I, it worked. Yeah, because it's been brought up before in Star Wars to me in, in some of the canon stuff. So yeah, and yeah. Uh, it, to me, it just worked between that banter between Mandalorian yes. and, and Maeve Held of like yeah. they're both kind of 
checking each other out to see yeah. who is a badass. And, and I, that seemed like an honest thing from the Mandalorian's point of view. It was like, yeah. that's really nothing to brag about. You're sending me out with a former stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the anger about it was yeah, funny. Yeah. Um, there was more confirmation that most of the Mandalorians are just straight up dead. That was my favorite canon revelation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about it? Uh, it was great. So the, the, the exchange happened with Berg, you know, supposed to be great warriors. Then why are they all gone? And I was like, Ooh, okay. So this is, but here's the thing. Mm, here's what's interesting to me. So <laughs> I, that on great. Cause we're, we're, we're waiting, waiting for this big reveal of what exactly the great purge is. And I don't know if it's coming in this show or something down the line, or it's just something that's just going to be there and we'll figure it out later. Yeah. I, I like that. But every episode, there is kind of this running joke now, particularly four, five, and six, of at least once or twice an episode, like, so this is a Mandalorian. <laughs> so everyone's hurt, and like, it gets get a little tired. And so the fact that they're kind of like, what's a Mandalorian? Great warrior. Well, why are they all gone? Well, then, did you know them or not? <laughs> did, do you, have you heard about them in lore, or are you. Uh, or is it something real? So there's a weird tension in that, but uh, that moment was really good. That is layering down some lore. Yeah, yeah. I like the uh, approach to uh, this purge information that's just been coming out slowly yep. and surely, but I like the firm confirmation that from the galaxy's perspective, mm-hmm. most of the Mandalorians are dead. Right. Uh, right. And, and I hope to get a little bit more uh, clear confirmation of what exactly the Empire, because that's what I think happened, that the Empire mm-hmm. wiped them out. What happened there? Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Canto Bite. That was a fun little nod. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the sort of modern canon of Mando himself in that relationship with Shion. Shion. Shion, the yeah. Twi'lek. Uh, she mocks his... This is the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did you feel about that? Uh, it was really interesting because I'm trying to, as we all try to figure out when did this don't take your helmet off thing take place or come down the pipeline for Mandalorian culture based on what we saw in the Clone Wars and everything. The fact that they've had a history and he's been around, I'm sure at some point he got lost uh, along the way from Mandalorian culture. It seems like this was not just like, three years ago that they were all running around, right? No, no, no. The old days seemed like at old. least 10 years. Kind yeah. Of thing. So did he have that in a system then? Did he, was he saying this is the way then? Uh, was he not allowed to take his helmet off then? Um, possibly would make sense that it would, but at some point she's aware of his code. Like I really thought it was kind of interesting and deep when, when, the thought of the, them having baby Yoda together. Uh, and she said, you know, that I forget the exact line, uh, that code of that code of yours has changed you or something like that. Or, uh, she mentions the code and I was like, okay, so this has been a part of him for a while, but what specific parts were, was it all play? And then it takes me down a wonderful rabbit hole of what are we going to learn about Mandalorian culture now? Yeah. Versus what we thought we'd learned with the clone wars. If that makes any sense, it just was, it yeah. was deeper than I thought for me as a fan. Yeah. I'm continuing to feel, you know, that we need to listen to the wisdom of Yoda and unlearn yeah. what we have learned. Yeah. Cause I think this is about whoever rescued him. Cause when he, in mm-hmm. chapter four, when he's being asked about his helmet, uh, yep. By another guest star. Yep. <laughs> uh, he talks about how he hasn't taken it off from since he was in, in anybody else's presence since he was about the age of the kids running around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that this is some, whatever group of Mandalorians rescued him, this is their belief, their belief, yeah. their code, and just like real human cultures, I think lots of different groups of Mandalorians mm-hmm. could have different different codes. 
Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting. It gave great tension to the Mandalorian that he clearly had some level of intimacy, whether it was physical or not, right. even if it was just flirting mm-hmm. with Xi'an. They dangle the possibility of having sex, like that headline said. Yes. <laughs> uh, but he clearly still had the belief that you don't take the helmet off, mm-hmm. that this is the way, and a very specific moral code, because yes. everybody asks him about his code. Right. That's not something that was just personal uh, mm-hmm. between him and Xi'an. Mm-hmm. So the contrast between he clearly had this code, and then it's really implied that he did some things he's not proud of. Yes. Uh, when uh, Ranzer is saying mm-hmm. like, yeah, it was in wild times, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, uh, it was a long time ago. Yeah. And, and when she brings up, you know, what he did and she says, yeah, but you, I know, I know you, you liked it. So clearly he fell, fell in some way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and this is about recapturing that. So get yeah, deep, deep stuff. And again, that's the thing you go back the second time and you're like, oh yeah. Shouldn't just be uh, looking at uh, the computer graphics. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Let's talk a little bit more in depth then about the big theme of this episode, the idea of being trapped by his armor Mm -hmm. or even his code. Yeah. Did you feel like, what made you feel like he is the prisoner and it's a question of whether or not he's trapped? It was the constant references to the past and what he did. And then again, you get the armor and the helmet and everything, but, um, in, 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 in contrast to them still, you know, this is a Mandalorian. He brings, he, he's on your team that brings you some credibility. You know, he's a fighter, he's a warrior, people. But it, but he was using that power to do things that he clearly wasn't proud of, felt he had to. And so coming back and again, needing to go back to them for whatever reason, to get more money, to fix the ship, everything, this kind of ongoing thing. And one by one, slowly breaking out from that prison yeah. of, of his friends and new cohorts because some are people he just met and how from the beginning you get the theme of, of you know it was a long time ago to no he he has sent the new republic after them they also did bad things to do i don't know if he showed up there intending to have x-wings come after them and just do the job let's get out but maybe along the way because this is what happens in real life oh that person in my life is a bad bad thing <laughs> and it took me 15 years to get to that point yeah so you start moving away from them a little bit I felt this was him going, I don't want to be this anymore. I can't be this anymore. I got this kid. I got this thing I'm protecting. I got a bigger purpose now, and I want to get back to where I was before maybe I ran into this crew. Yeah. And so one by one, he's moving himself, uh, which leads to this decision I'd love to discuss you at some point of, of why he didn't kill them. Yes, absolutely. And says, Quinn says, did you, did you kill them? He says they got what they deserved, and the, you know, the reveal that he kept them all alive, which... I still don't have a. I still don't know what I think or what my perfect answer for that is. Other than I was, I was like, okay, interesting. Yeah, because they probably did deserve to die, but not <laughs> not to his code. Yeah, I was expecting them to yeah. to die for sure. So my, yeah. my monologue over. That's that was how I I progressively came to. Like, here's the theme and yeah. what I like about it. Is it is a good monologue? Yeah, I think there was something that emerged for me about a picture of a younger man with something to prove mm. that like he has this code. He yeah. doesn't take the helmet off. Don't know exactly what the code is but it seems to be like some amount of mandalorian honor right don't probably don't shoot people in the back kind of thing don't kill people who don't have to be killed kind of thing you don't tug on superman's cape you don't spit in the wind <laughs> exactly yeah uh but then there's that great exchange early on of uh, when rancer is saying like running with the mandalorian gave us some respect and well, what did he get out of it he used to say target practice right that paints the picture of a violent young man mm. who maybe does like mm. Shian says in 
enjoy the violence, has something to prove on the kind of warrior side of yeah. being a Mandalorian, which puts him in conflict with the honor side. Yeah. At some point, he manages to get away from this, where he clearly has feels like he has really made some choices he doesn't want to. Yeah. Something involved with him ended up with Quinn being captured at some point. So right. maybe there's some amount of guilt. Maybe he's too close to Xi'an, whatever. He goes to the guild, and the guild seems like the cleaner version yeah. of bounty hunting, right? Right. Uh, and now he's even burned that. Yeah. And now he's in this like whole new place of like, okay, I'm maybe going to decide for myself exactly what this is the way it means for me. Is I right. making through my gal- the galaxy with this kid. Mm. In his relationship with this particular crew, I really felt like he needed money. And we can talk yeah. more about that. Uh, but that he was going there with the idea of like, I don't have anywhere else to turn. Right. So I have to go to these scumbags. Mm. They are mm. going to screw me. The only question is, which of these seven different <laughs> ways are they going to screw me? Yeah. And how am I going to get around it yeah. to just get the money? And can I hold on to my code? Yeah. While I'm doing it. Right. Because he does seem, he seems prepared. He still gets surprised mm-hmm. and thrown yeah. in, in the, in the prison, but he is confident that like, I can outsmart these people. I can outfight them. Right. It'll, it'll be fine ultimately. And it is. And it's just like great fist pumping. You get to watch your hero yeah. kick ass, but then you get to that laugh. Mm. And I think for me, the laugh is something about him just sort of breaking a little bit or having like a sense of humor or irony about it Mm. of Mm. he knows Quinn is trying to play him. Yeah. Right. And use his honor against Against him. him. And he just kind of laughs out of like the contrast between I'm trying to be honorable and absolutely no one else around me. Yeah. Is and you, you don't even know how funny it is to me. Like I would love to kill you all. Right. You, but I didn't. I didn't because yeah. it because of this code that you think is so funny and such a weakness. Mm. You know, it's it's uh, yeah, strength fuels him. I like that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I feel like he left them alive a little bit out of kind of this classic, you know, almost superhero. Like I'm gonna be better than them. Yeah. Because it's not wise. And he must know it's not wise. And maybe even right. that's part of it of like, yeah, I'm going to do the honorable thing. And yeah. Screw myself <laughs> by leaving you alive. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I really thought he was killing Berg, right? And it's just every indication oh, is like, oh, yeah. Oh, he's, he's got like, a gruesome death and the door again. He loves killing people with doors. <laughs> he's a and then reveal the real kind of threw me in a good way. Just like, okay, I like, I like that decision. I thought that was really good. Talking about, you know, these episodes. They're not filler if they reveal things to, about the character, and this revealed a yeah. lot. I mean, and he's yeah. certainly willing to kill. He's disintegrated Absolutely. Jawas from Jawas. mild annoyance. Uh, so yep. maybe there is something about this, like, they've challenged his identity, <laughs> and, and they've challenged his honor. So, like, uh, it's it, I didn't yeah. find myself in a kill-or-be-killed situation. Right. So I, I did to you what you were trying to do to me, leave me locked up here. And about the, the comparison to the Jawa one, which is child volume this episode um i saw some people tweet about that and you shouldn't be tweeting about spoilers kids but i saw some people <laughs> like well where was that mando like he, he's clear he's burning random he's disintegrating random jawas out of anger out of frustration and and here he's 
number one doesn't apparently doesn't have the pulse rifle anymore. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant to put that under okay. the canon effects. Um, <laughs> and, just, and I'm like, well, wh- what about character growth? <laughs> the, 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 the Mandalorian episode two had not viewed himself as a father. In fact, he viewed that thing as an enemy. Yeah. And now he definitely has a different connection. It's definitely, it's, it's it, the, the, the kid is changing his worldview. It's John Cusack and gross point blank looking at a baby <laughs> while Pete Townsend's let by love open the door place. He's changing. Yeah. And so I have no problem with that change. Yeah. yeah. And a specific relationship with those people in that situation yes. might change it as well. Yeah. But uh, to echo something you said, I do love the way the episode ended because mm. I think it was challenging him of, are you trapped in that armor? Are you trapped by mm. your code? Can you ever be close to someone? Can you be anything mm. but this kind of mumbly stick in the mud loner? Yeah. And that buddy cop moment at the end was like, yeah. here's not only here's yeah. the ball, cause here's this, the, here's uh, you, you know, like. a symbol of our, of kindness in our relationship. Yeah. But the way he says to him, I told you this was a bad idea, but with like kind of a sense of whimsy yeah. and a sense of humor. And that was the first time I was like, no, uh, Mando and baby Yoda are a crew. They're a crew. They're in this together. You know, I really love that last moment. Yeah. Because yeah. it just, it, 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 gave a little bit of strange joy to the Mandalorian of like, I would rather be here parenting Mm -hmm. the the weird Jedi baby thing than with the guild or with this crew. Yeah. Yeah. It's a new way forward. Yeah. A new way forward. And we are going to go forward to a quick break and then we will be back to talk more of chapter six of the Mandalorian. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And we're back to talk more about Chapter 6 of The Mandalorian, The Prisoner. So, any big director moments? We both talked about uh, being a fan of this director. What jumped out to you? I mean, I, I will bring up again the, the what I call the strobe horror monster hallway <laughs> scene with Bill Burr. I thought that this was, you know, if you're sitting up crafting a scene in a sequence, I thought that was really, uh, really good. I liked the choice to really highlight him not wanting or him being upset that it wasn't just droids he was going to kill it's a new republic soldier and that's again talk about code non or something he wasn't there for you know that mandalore did not want to be a part of and and so to really highlight as a director like what what do we need to tell in the story like not there not cool about killing a, a new republic soldier a right. human I, I thought that was i like that choice and also the wisdom that we don't need to. In fact, it will only make things worse yeah. for us if we do the obvious stupid thing and yeah. just shoot him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like the just the consistency of tone, mm-hmm. I really admired that it had such great tension. Mm-hmm. Kind of didn't know what was going to happen next, even though it was a heist story with some, yeah. some familiar beats. But that the action was great. The emotional tension was great. The comedy was great. And sort of the deafness of like, I know every moment that I'm trying to communicate and I'm going to have all of these different tones yeah. and they're still going to blend well into an episode that really seemed like a complete package. Yeah. So that just kind of big picture thing of seeing the different tones of the directors and seeing how how consistent this felt. Yeah. Uh, the All the fights trying to ba- both have like clarity in the fight. So it mm-hmm. wasn't just like kind of early 2000s, mid-2000s, Jason Bourne, some limbs are flying. Yep. Everything, all of the choices in movements were really clear, and then also just some very artful shots to make you feel the fight. I loved the shot seeing Mando walk away through the giant burning hole in the droid head 
which really emphasized mm-hmm. that, how much this has been a part of his brand that everybody knows. Like, he always hated droids. still hates droids. He's kind of not okay about droids. Yeah. And to see, yeah. like, was he trying to be a badass and prove he was? Or was he just like, droids, gotta get them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And just seeing that smoking hole of, like, this is the way I want to see the galaxy is nothing but smoking holes through <laughs> droid heads. Just ask IG-11. <laughs> if he ever comes back. Yeah. Uh, in going along with that, the um, the escape from his prison cell and seeing for the first time a, a cool action thing, that oil splatter yes. from the droid made it visceral, made mm-hmm. it real. We've seen many droid explosions and shootings right. in Star Wars, but the oil splatter yeah. made it real. I love that sequence. That was the most Bond-like to me of what would... James Bond, Daniel Craig's James Bond do if he was trapped, you know, like that. I, I really liked everything about it. It was really inventive, fun. I'll uh, show a lot about the character, yeah. And then, yep, droid splatter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oil splatter spots. Suicide <laughs> so teams can look into that. Yeah. In the big fight with Berg, the knives with Xien. Yeah. That was really cool to see a different kind of like, well, she just throws knives from who knew she had that many knives on her. Cool. <laughs> she had a legoless supply of knives and arrows <laughs> uh, that just goes and goes and goes. Yeah. 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 She was good. Girl. She was, she was a good character. Um, over top, over the top at times, which fits right into Star Wars for me. Yeah, yeah. You know? Did you like seeing that different take on a Twilight? Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I did. Um, yeah, no, I did. Uh, we either see super sexualized versions of of Twilights, and I thought that's dealt with, like Lords of the Sith actually deals with that. I thought quite well. Um, or we see, uh, you know, the, the the noble heroes. So this was kind of somewhere in between and deadly. And, yeah. And a, a great casting. That was one of my favorite because that one I view more as a it's a great casting. Yeah. yeah, that's a casting choice versus ah, you want to get uh, what's her Tonks? You want to get Tonks in here or yeah. Osha? No, <laughs> she's a great actor, and and I thought that worked for me. Yeah, yeah, and she she sold everything really really well. And I saw good uh, discussions of blurring the lines of way the way gender has been presented in Twilights, right? Of like you, you've seen some Twilights be kind of like hissy and creepy. But male. Right. Uh, and, you know, we've had the super sexualized uh, female mm. Twi'leks mm. or like the sort of responsible leader like Hera. Yeah. So to see somebody the like, champion. I'm a scummy bounty hunter yeah. and, I, and I hiss and I try to scare you and my teeth are sharpened like uh, yeah. some of the males. And that, that was really, really cool mm-hmm. uh, addition to canon. And yeah, the, the uh, say it again, the Mando stocking mm-hmm. is just, it was built up so well yeah. and just directorially. Love the choice to have and the design choice to have the New Republic ship be that bright white. Yeah. Because it doesn't just connect to like Tanta V4. Mm. It's symbolically what they are. Yeah. We are bright and white and clean yeah. and hopeful in trying to do things the right way. Right. And to see our characters in that, splattering oil everywhere. But by the time the Mando has taken over, everything mm. is flashing red. Yes. Oh. <laughs> in his hallway of death. You know, we, again, we've always talked about little genres, and and uh, could we ever see Star Wars horror? This is this was this and Ewok Hunt on Battlefront Two are the closest to Star Wars horror we've gotten. <laughs> yeah, it's so great to just see those seasoned uh, scummy crew yeah. members who had been mocking him earlier in the episode. Yeah, being like, oh, oh man, yeah, we have no hope. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome, uh, comeuppance for that. Mm-hmm. All right, any action figure inspired moments that broke out to you? I mean, the, again, the fights, I, I, the, the jail breakout, Mando's jail breakout was, was my f- favorite. Uh, I guess you could say Berg also throwing two droids. 
<laughs> yeah, that was great. You know, it looked a little awkward to me, uh, but it, it, in, in story, I was like, ah, that's, that's funny. I like that. You can, That's something you do with your figures. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I definitely want an action figure of that New Republic droid. I thought that was like a great addition yeah, to yeah. new canon uh, that they had the actual, you know, uh, starboard insignia on them. Yeah. And I would love to be able to buy nice action figure of a break apart New Republic security droid. <laughs> <laughs> Falls off at the knee. Yeah. <laughs> Falls off at the knee. Oil splatter included. Yeah. Pop head off with <laughs> giant spray of oil would be great. <laughs> Um, and if this were, uh, I want to say about 1998, uh-huh. there would absolutely be a cinema scene three pack with the, uh, three directors in their flight suits. Oh yeah. <laughs> from the end. Yeah. Director <laughs> squadron, shepherd squadron. I've heard some people call them. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. That's a, that's a good one. Uh, grizzled weirdo moments. What popped out to you? Cause we did get some new grizzled weirdos in the, in the form of Berg in particular. Yeah. I'll go with, uh, Mark Boone Jr. As, uh, Ran Ranzer, um, almost everything. And again, he's, he's, he's an actor. Uh, he's a good actor. Uh, this isn't a cameo to me at all. Uh, since that, you know, that's part of the discussion we had this episode, make it clear. I, but, he chewed up every word, and it was all very real-world stuff. It was a, a, a bank heist beginning. So every when he was like, I don't need a, I don't need a driver. I need a, a gunner. Like I was like, I guess that'd be in Star Wars. Sure, but it's just like he, he was having so much fun just every word being like, I'm a Star Wars gangster. And <laughs> it just I, I really liked it. Yeah, his, uh, his line that jumped out for me for best grizzled weirdo moment was, uh, I don't go out anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's got that long beard, the uh, the pot belly uh, that that yeah. looks more like I just really been enjoying yeah. a lot of you know fried yip tip. Uh, <laughs> it's just yeah. like, of course you don't go out anymore. But he just he reminded me of people that I have known in real life who are hell raisers in their youth, right. and then they get to a certain age and like, mm, nope. Uh, now no, no watch TV. <laughs> yeah, there's a guy, you go into like a, a, a low-lit bar, and they're at the end of the bar, and they got a leather jacket on and faded tattoos that say things you don't even want to know if you think you right. leave, you know? Yeah, and he's just, yeah, yeah, give me another one. Um, when he said, uh, oh, gosh, what he, he said something about, you know, uh, Mandalorian says, do you trust him? He's like, ah, you know I don't trust anybody, or whatever the line is. It's just like... <laughs> Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, but again, I loved every every little bit with him. Yeah, yeah, and he set the tone really, really well. If you knew exactly who the Mandalorian mm-hmm. was getting in bed with, in uh, grizzled weirdo moment, I'll, I'll highlight it again because I loved it so much that it was so new and interesting. Is that Mando laugh? Yeah, okay. and it was just really chilling because it was coming right off of that hallway of death, mm-hmm. and you and you, the audience, were wrestling with. Well, it seems like Mando maybe did something shady yeah. that got Quinn captured. Right. Oh, yeah. And then Quinn's trying to play on his honor, and you kind of expect him to just whip out the blaster and put a smoking third eye in his forehead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead, he just laughs, yeah. and you don't know what it means. <laughs> Great. Uh, it's that they're going to make 100 Mando action figures, make one with a pull string that just laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> uh, Try me. Hear, hear me laugh. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's talk about predictions for next week. Um Whew. I want to throw this uh, this yeah. question out uh, for you mm-hmm. about the overall picture of the story. Mm-hmm. Are these last several episodes Mando looking for sanctuary, but then Mando just needing money? Yeah. Because my perception was he gave most of the money he earned in Chapter 4 by protecting the village mm-hmm. to Cara Dune. Yep. 
And then in chapter five, he was just trying to repair his ship, paid any money he found (laughs) on a body he murdered uh, to Amy Sedaris. Pelly? Pelly Pelly Moto. Pelly Moto. So I got almost the sense of like, um, he's certainly not looking for sanctuary with these people. He's looking for to do one job mm-hmm. so he can get money to do X. Yeah. How did yeah. you take it? Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I'll just, I'll start here. I'll start where my mind's going. I just don't, I, I, I don't want to ever put a, 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 you know, a demand on the show, but I'm like, let's see where that's going. Where he's clearly first, it's running away. Then the, you know, uh, he he's willing to leave the baby behind type of thing. Now it's like, what is what is his? I don't know his true goal right now, and I want that. I do. I think I've learned enough about the character that I want it to go forward. So I learn what 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 it all is adding up to in his mind now. Yeah, it's changed along the way, and now I feel I need the Moff Gideons of the world to show up. I do need maybe um, the cloner uh, guy, the Doctor Pershing, to show back up. Yeah. I, I am now aching for that because I think they've done a great job. Of going, here's the journey because he does. It, it is a journey. It, it's not filler. It's a journey. Uh, you know, we learn a lot about him along the way. So as far as predictions, we're going to finally, you know, we're definitely going to get that answer about Ming Na Wen. <laughs> yes, we will definitely talk about that. Uh, yeah, I keep wanting him to make a just a real proactive choice. And this yeah. episode did feel like I'm going to choose yes. to really put my and Baby Yoda's necks on the line because I don't have anywhere else to anywhere turn, else. and I need. Money. money but i'm really hoping it's for like i know a guy who hides you yeah. like i think i maybe have that in my mind because that's a plot point in uh breaking bad mm-hmm. but if there is like a he knows some guy who disappears you yeah uh <laughs> and that's his plan yeah. but i also feel like is, is moff gideon's certainly gonna come in and i feel sure. like moff gideon's gotta be who they were trying to get mm-hmm. whatever valuable extract of baby yoda they were trying to get Makes sense. Um, so is that going to be that Moff Gideon just finds the Mandalorian wherever he wa- is? Yeah. Or is it the Mandalorian's going to try to hide? It's going to be found. Or if he's going to go proactively realize, right? Uh, okay, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta end whoever's coming after Baby I, Yoda. I'll never be able to rest. I gotta face him down. I like the uh, the face him down thing. Running, hiding doesn't seem right anymore. It did it did going out going into four? Yeah. Um, now, yeah. Let's so maybe that money is for a jetpack. Get that <laughs> jetpack. Like, that's the last thing I need. Get that jetpack. Get that jetpack, and that's going to be it for Moff Gideon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do really like your idea of, of him seeking the right kind of help, too. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's Cara Dune Returns. Maybe it's all maybe all the people we've known along the way. It come could back. be that yeah. he's like, yeah, Quill, Cara Dune. Mm-hmm. I'm putting yeah. together a crew. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the other thing is I continue to wonder if in this season or next, this is going to some blues brothers moment, mm. uh, because I, let's mm. see if I have my list. I made a list of everyone that he has pissed off. Oh yeah. So he's pissed off the Imperial warlords, mm-hmm. uh, the guild itself, those Clatoonian raiders, right. if they have more, uh, more raiders around, possibly Fennec Shand herself. And mm. then now Rancer and his crew, yeah. That his have explicitly been left alive. Right. I think it may might be something about this being made by Favreau and mm-hmm. Filoni 
steeped in a very 80s sensibility mm, right. of what is cool both in Star Wars and just kind of <laughs> in, life, in life that, you know, it, he, it's, he's going to end up in a Trans Am at some point. Yeah. I, think. I mean, it's <laughs> there's, it's so it's 80s. Spacey, I wonder yeah. if it, it will at some point be like the Mando's like, oh, damn, mm-hmm. I, I got half the galaxy after me. It's the Seinfeld finale of everyone they've wronged along the way coming <laughs> back to put them uh, in, in, a, in a bad spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It makes That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 Um, is we're staring down two episodes left. Mm-hmm. Who do you want to return the most? Because who knows if it's just a mystery of mm. the way it was promoted. Uh, mm. But certainly, Cara Dune was very much put forward as yeah. one of the main characters. Um, IG-11 has been in a ton of the promotional material. Mm-hmm. You know, there's. it seems like ming Nguyen is going to be in another, Fennec right. Shan is going to be in another episode. So who, who do you need to return? Quill might be the answer, but I don't think it makes sense. Cara Dune makes the most sense, and it's just something I'd like to see. Again, I'd like to see Gina get a chance to grow into that role as a performer, so that works. Ming-Na Wen's Fennec Shand is really intriguing. Like, I, I really don't believe she died. Um, yeah. And the feet, the mystery of the feet, all those thing, things, you know, maybe I need that answered more than anything, but story-wise or just... Mando needs a friend wise. Uh, uh, Cara Dune does work for me, but also the rest of the Mandalorians. Yeah, and the armor and all those people. I don't. I don't. I'm not expecting them to all show up again. And hey, we're fighting with you again. But the armor is an interesting character too. Yeah, and and I'd like to know a little bit more about her. Yeah, I think yeah. probably a victory that we want to spend more time with yeah. almost all of the characters that we've briefly met. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I, yeah, I would love him to go go round up Quill and Cara yeah. Dune and put together his weird ragtag of and, and Quill <laughs> morally could, solid people. Quill could be like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't replace to fix that droid you shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's if IG Eleven comes back in, I think it's because Quill yeah. was like, well, I'll, I'll put some <laughs> put a new head on. Him. <laughs> I got him doing farming for me. <laughs> it's great. Uh, let's uh, let's close out their predictions by talking about the mystery of the boots. Uh, did you feel okay <laughs> that we didn't get an answer to whose boots are they, other than? Doesn't appear to be the Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So, so, and, and we got one to me, one candidate cut from the list. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. When the episode didn't begin with uh, the the same shot, you know, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, we have got another adventure. We're somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, unless uh, you know, Mark Boone Jr. was the one who did it. But so, uh, we're we're going to get that answer. Uh, I'm still I'm still weirdly on a Boba Fett kick, but somehow Moff Gideon seems more realistic at this point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm uh, I'm pulling for the old Boba Fett. Yeah, let's, let's yeah. get his feet and the rest of Boba Fett back in action. And, and again, say. we talked we talked about this going last week, but like we, you and me, always like what what is the emotional purpose of bringing back Boba Fett? I don't know. Other than the, <laughs> the found Mandalorian culture idea and some deeper themes and go there, I don't know. It's just one of the times I'm just uh, because. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And to me, it's the, there's rich storytelling to be had with what yep. does it mean to be, you know, kind of a clone, but not really right. in his path through the galaxy. Uh, it could be all great, juicy stuff. Uh, we've been getting a bunch of questions for uh, people asking us to talk about this on our main show, but we're trying to keep uh, main show Mandalorian spoiler free. So we got uh, two questions here about right. the Mandalorian. Uh, one comes from Stephen Kirkpatrick. 
And Steven says, over Thanksgiving, I had about a dozen family and friends ask me where Mandalorian falls in the Star Wars timeline. Do you think it is clear enough for the casual fan, or should the show have done more to clarify where this falls in the timeline? For example, several of my friends thought Baby Yoda was actually Yoda and didn't understand (laughs) that was just the Internet's name for the child. Thanks. Ken, what do you think about clarity? It's it's a great question, Steven. It's it's. It might be needed. It's it's the old thing of story I tell of seeing Rogue One at a at a screening. The lady next to me looking at the promo photo and thinking Jin was Ray. Um, again, you, you know, you cast brunette English girls. That might happen a lot. Um, but there's something to be said for giving a little bit more, other than a subtle reference of uh, the New Republic. Yeah, in the fall of the Battle of Endor. There's enough there, but. I think I don't. I don't know how I need it. If beginning of the show, not a crawl, but a, 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 a lower third pumps up five years after the fall. <laughs> like, I guess, but it's. It's. I'm sure this is not. Stephen and his family aren't the only ones having no. this discussion, especially with the internet running wild with Baby Yoda. Yeah, yeah, and I think that there's the the Baby Yoda thing. There's probably just no way around right now because the show yeah. is specifically having us have this discussion of yeah. we don't know the character's name, we don't know the species name, and we don't know if we will know. We don't right. know if that's where it's going. Yeah. Uh, but I think Solo, the movie Solo, was for me the best mm-hmm. choice. Because right. uh, Rogue One just chose, like, oh, a, a crawl is for the main saga, so we're not we're yeah. not doing that. Uh, and they just presented it in a, the actual text in a different way. Mm-hmm. in a way that didn't feel disruptive to the story they were telling. Yeah. I think it connected to the idea that Star Wars has a sense of storytelling, even if everything isn't going to say a long time ago, mm-hmm. still is a little bit set in that world. And the solo one also, it kind of set it in time, yeah. but it also didn't nerd out about it. It yes. wasn't like, hey, so you don't have to explain this to your uncle. This mm-hmm. is set 10 years before, 13 years before, blah, blah, blah. It said, here is the state of the galaxy and therefore emotionally how it would affect a young man trapped yeah. on an industrial world. Yeah. And I would I think something like that would have been great yeah. for Mandalorian. I'd be happy if every episode started with, you know, the Empire has been overthrown, but as the New Republic sets up yeah. the, their government much in the outer rim of the government mm-hmm. of the galaxy is still chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, and all must find their way. All must find who they want to be. Like, yeah. so it gives you like a little sense, and then it it also just kind of emotionally ties you into like, this is this is what's at stake. The, the crawls being such a tradition, and you don't need you don't need the crawls. The solo one is a great example because I, I really I thought they learned a little lesson from Rogue One. That was yeah. that was a hit. The cold opens great, but it was a hit. People had to kind of play catch up for the the fans. So it's it's not out of it's Star Wars, a crawl or any kind of verbiage at the beginning, letting you know it's yeah. not going to be like, what? So I, I do maybe next year. Yeah. Or maybe Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> Kenobi definitely needs, yeah. uh, I think, some people to, to yeah. help out, uh, uh, needs to help Absolutely. people out with uh, some clarity. And Clone yeah. Wars has a great newsreel approach. Uh, that works, yeah. No, so I think there are a lot of different ways to approach the spirit mm. of the of the crawl, and I'm yeah. all for it, Stephen. Yeah. Let's make talking to relatives easier. easier. Right? Why not? Uh, All right. Our next and last question is from Mario Jansen. How will the Mandalorian's face be revealed in the show? Will it just be smooth-looking Pedro Pascal with his signature mustache? Or will he be scarred, beaten, and battle-hardened? Will he have a buzz cut or some wild haircut in line with the face reveal of Kylo Ren and TFA? 
maybe a gruff beard. Thanks for the always great content, and may the force be with you all and the one that has spoken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. What are you thinking about that, about face reveal? I, I think we are going to get it, even though now it's kind of out there that Pedro's not really in the costume, uh, the outfit for most of it. Uh, they did reveal some behind-the-scenes stuff. I, I think just a little distraction to you seeing what the actual casting was, but uh, but I, I think we will. Uh, and it's a great question. I want clean shaven and buzzed because in my head that means the Mandalorian takes his helmet off on his own and shaves. <laughs> you know, he eats. Yeah. Um, I like that. Idea. Yeah, he doesn't stick a feeding tube up there. Yeah. He, yeah, he says in episode four, when's the last time he took it off? Last night. Like, so he's, this is a daily occurrence. So I yeah. like it. I want a clean shaven red viper. Yeah. I want, I was going to say five o'clock shadow. Yeah. But I'm going to go for beard. I like that. For one reason only. Not a full bushy beard, just mm-hmm. enough of a beard. Enough of a beard that baby Yoda can grab it and pull on it. <laughs> All right, change my answer to that. <laughs> I, well, I'm really, well, and this is a fascinating question because yeah. uh, the trailer for Wonder Woman came out. Yeah. And Pedro Pascal is in it very clean shaven and yeah. looking different. Yes. Uh, playing the character Maxwell Lord or Maxwell Lordian, yeah. <laughs> if you want to go full Mandalorian comparison. Uh, so his, his the versatility of his face, yeah. I think, is a discussion in pop culture <laughs> right now. I hadn't really thought about because I fe- felt like, yeah, of, sh- of course, eventually we'll, we'll see his face. Yeah, yeah. And I think we've heard rumblings sure. um, of that. But now that it has been made so much mm-hmm. that this is the way. Yeah. Are you feeling like the audience is going to get to see his face? Are you feeling he is going to choose to reveal himself? And if so, who is he going to reveal himself to? I mean, the answer is in front of our faces, right? right. It's, it's got to be Baby Yoda. It feels like Baby Yoda, right? Yeah, that's that's it's got to be. Right. Now, I, now what I want. I'm not going to lock in expectations, but yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. We revealed to him. Yeah. Mm. Well, there, there's our big prediction. There Final is. shot is Baby Yoda tugging oh. on the Mandalorian's oh. beard. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, we always end with a weird question inspired by the chapter. So, Ken, if you had a button that called the New Republic to swoop in, swoop in and kick ass, mm-hmm. when would you use it? I'm not one of those, I hate L.A. because the traffic guys actually love living <laughs> in this city. I've been here 21 years now, love it. Um, I actually miss the traffic when I go home. But there are times when you're stuck on the side of a hill. If you take a, a road like Laurel Canyon or Barham or Coldwater Canyon, yes, I sound like a Californian sketch, but you, you, you sometimes just want the path cleared. <laughs> <laughs> Not anyone's fault up there. I'd be the bad guy. But, you know, it, hey, there's a spy up there in that Subaru. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it is somebody's fault. Sometimes somebody sometimes it is. somebody makes a little bit of a selfish choice of like, what if I just pulled out in front of everyone at the perfect angle oh, to block three lanes of traffic? Don't talk to me about left <laughs> turns at uncontrolled intersections. <laughs> uh, mine is an emotional answer that is not practical. But man, you and I have both experienced it. Uh, this is an L.A. thing uh, as well, up to a point. It's a universal experience. But being at the Hollywood Bowl and having people talk loudly because oh, they think they're somehow in an open air environment. It's cool. But man, I would love to be at a concert and just <laughs> X-wing swoops in, lowers right above somebody's head. The cockpit I, opens and somebody's just like, "Shut yeah. up!" It, it basically affected—I won't say ruined, but affected my Game of Thrones concert experience the last time out. I just 
uh, purchased some tickets, swiped a credit card on a 90s rock and roll bonanza show in June of next oh, year. Oh, yeah. Uh, Liz Fair, my favorite artist. Uh, fem- uh, well, not, not female. I don't want to divide that category. She's a top five artist for me of all time. Alanis Morissette and Garbage. I am I am dying to go. And I as I purchased these tickets, I didn't have the full funds. So that's why I swiped a credit card to go to a higher level. Because I was hoping if I spent more money, no one else would be talking around me. Yeah. I fear that's going to not be the case. Now I'll call in Dave Filoni <laughs> to kill everybody. Yeah, what is it? Trapper Wolf. Trapper, Trapper Wolf. Wolf will tell people to yeah. shut up at the Hollywood Bowl. That's one of the many things we got out of this episode of The Mandalorian. We have spoken. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.